What do you know about the work of the Community Council? It's been there for well over 30 years, meeting in public ten times a year, its members discussing a variety of issues, mainly adding a local opinion about council policies and, hopefully, influencing the outcome in the city chambers. In recent years, it's become involved with consulting the community directly, even though the legislation setting up community councils states that they should consult the community and reflect its views. What has allowed this to happen has been the growing sophistication and all-pervading nature of technology. There are now tools out there which mean we can be consulted. And that's important, as Secretary Sean Waters explains. Well, it's not about the community council deciding for themselves on things or taking a view on things as individuals. It's very much trying to find out what the wider community think and reflecting that wherever it may be. So how do you go about actually finding out what the community think? The last few years, we've put a lot more emphasis on consultation and a difficult role for community councils because for a long time, consulting was genuinely difficult. And it's really the advances in social media and the internet and that that suddenly makes it possible to go out and consult quickly on the wide variety of issues that come in. We get all kinds of things sent to us for comment as a statutory consultee from the Scottish Government, from the Council, developers get to do consultation prior to applications. Some of them we will simply advertise so that people can respond directly. Other ones we're trying to coordinate people's views. So for planning applications we will publish links to the information, we will provide feedback forms that people can fill in, whether they support or object or comment. Normally when we've done that, we've automatically forwarded responses to the planning department so they get everyone's comments anyway and then we'll generally do a report outlining what we've done in terms of consultation, how many people we've reached, how many people have engaged. We'll summarise the results, the for, again, summarise comments and also do uh, anonymised comments from everybody. So it's really trying to capture people through Facebook, through Twitter, through our website. We've got uh, information in the library. Sometimes we've done leaflet drops. We've sent out 5,000 leaflets for the Bailfield North development. We've sent out a similar number of leaflets for Brunston housing proposals. Trying to get that reach, trying to get a wide range of views back in the hope that that is in some way representative of the community. The only thing is, it almost sounds as though you have to know where to look in order to find it. We've long had an area in the library. We've even had a suggestion box in the library for many years. It's kind of limited how many people access that. And so we've gone down much more reliant on electronic means, Facebook, Twitter, website. That creates its own difficulties. That may exclude people who aren't aware one thing is that certainly with things like Facebook it's much more widely used than it was. If anything, we're probably missing the youth who have moved on to other formats. Um, but if we're trying to capture a broad range of views, it's not obvious that using those means introduces a particular bias. You would still hope you get a wide enough reach that you'll get a range of views. And also, just over the years, in terms of users we've seen a steady increase if you go back three years we had about 500 followers on facebook a year after that ended at a thousand last year it ended at two thousand so it's trying to expand that reach so that you'll get a broad range of views and i think generally speaking in terms of the views we capture tend to be good in that it probably does cover the range of views that are out there 
where the weakness probably is is treating what we come back as a sort of representative sample in terms of numbers because it's not a survey it's not a random sample it's self-selected respondents so that could skew the numbers so so the actual views we get are good but the actual numbers we get the percentages should be treated with a degree of caution are there any examples that you have where the process actually has seriously worked i think that the one example i would pick that was genuinely useful as an exercise and had a measurable difference to the process is the Taliban catchment review Council announced they were doing a catchment review and there was some uh, period of notification before it started and they actually came to us saying they wanted to do a pre-consultation, informal consultation to get views on what they were proposing. That's quite unusual, isn't it? Don't do that normally and it was um, Billy McIntyre from the Education Department who, who was responsible for that, who sadly died uh, just recently. Um, but uh, asked us for that we did a consultation we got lots of views very quickly the thing that came out really strongly from that apart from all the issues about different catchment possibilities was the thing about a sibling guarantee being able to get younger brothers or sisters into Tower Bank if their older ones were there um, and we fed that back to the council and they had, they had never ever done a sibling guarantee for any catchment review ever so they were initially a bit sceptical but when they looked at the information that we got, came back, to their credit, they went away, looked at it, crunched the numbers, and when they went to the actual consultation, they included that as an option. So that was a clear way that we helped shape the process and I think improve the process, and it helped the council because we were able to do that quite quickly because we'd built up sort of lines of communication and we could survey people quickly. On the other hand, there are occasions where you get the swing. Mm. one way and then another I think the most obvious recent example of that is uh, sometime last year we had uh, the Bounty Castle in Straiton Park I'd been there for a while and the licence was due to expire and the operator had approached the council to extend the licence they asked the community council for a comment so we did a quick consultation on that to get gauge people's results and we got quite a lot of responses for a short time period and it was mixed but there was a definite more people were against the extension of the licence than for. So we fed that back to the council and, and when the licence expired the Bounty Castle disappeared and there was some comment on that on social media locally. But then a few weeks later the operator came back with a revised proposal for the Bounty Castle operation. The licence department again contacted us and we did another consultation on very similar sort of basis to the previous one as to what was proposed and this time we got even more responses and there was a definite bias in favour and so there was two consultations on very similar grounds short time apart with sort of opposite conclusions and I think that is an indication of the kind of bias you get with self-selecting respondents which is inevitable and I think people who object to things are more motivated so in the first consultation, people who objected to the Bouncy Castle being there were the ones who were more motivated to respond. And in the second consultation, the people who objected to the Bouncy Castle disappearing were the ones who responded. So the actual views we got in both surveys was good in that covered a range of views, but the actual weight of opinion, the balance of opinion, 
always has to be questioned unless it's a very, very clear-cut response. Having been at the last Community Council meeting, one of the issues that seems to be exercising people's minds is the issue of the five-a-side football pitches and whether that should remain open space or not. How much of an input would the Community Council have on something like that? It's difficult. That was a decision that was been taken some time ago, about a year and a half ago, to very little publicity. So people weren't really aware of it. We weren't really aware of it at the time. We have approached the council seeking some sort of delay, but also they're just coming up to elections. There's new committees, so we've not got much of a response. Uh, what we have just recently put in is a formal participation request under the Community Empowerment Scotland Act asking that we be formally included in the process going forward. But ultimately, any such decision is taken by the council, can't be taken by anybody else legally. The council has to take these decisions. But we would like an opportunity for the community to have more input, whether that's consultation on the principle of the sale or, should the sale go ahead, consultation on what sort of development should take place on a site like that. There are some occasions where... Your opportunities to influence development are limited, and usually it's early on in the process. And quite often people who object to housing on the Greenfield site or something else resist the process and they don't want to engage because they don't want to be seen to endorse it. And so there might be a pre-application consultation or a master planning exercise or something like that, and people who are against something don't engage. If that then goes ahead, you've lost the opportunity to influence it. So there are times where, regardless of whether you're for or against something, even if you're dead against the sale of the pits, if there is an opportunity to influence how that could be developed, if it is developed, it's worth engaging in that because that's your one chance. So I think from the Community Council's point of view, we would like the Council to, to revisit it and take the views of the community on board. But we'd also take the view that there probably is a real possibility of that site being developed and if it's developed we want it developed in a way that is in the community's interest and there is the possibility of that because as a site there are restrictions on that site it's not a straightforward site so the, the council could exercise some leverage on how something like that could be developed so really we're, we're seeking to influence the process where we can but we await a response from the council Okay, if you've been involved with the Community Council for the last 10 years. Do you feel that the way things have developed over that decade has actually made the Community Council perhaps more influential because the technology has allowed you to engage with the community more effectively? It has in some circumstances. I had discussions with council officials some time ago and community councils were generally treated a wee bit arm's length from the council and there were some community councils that they valued because they gave useful information and feedback and there were other community councils that were two men and a dog and they didn't really trust them. So the council's always been a bit suspicious of community councils or a wee bit standoffish. What's changed is actually being able to genuinely reflect the community has got easier just through social media, internet, things like that. There's the capability of actually going out and gathering data and saying, look, this is what people think, which didn't exist as easily before. It used to be more two dozen people sitting in a room and what they think. But I think what we found, there are some council officials and departments who are responsive and value what we've done. 
and there are other council officials and departments who aren't. If we provide information that accords with what they want to do, they're probably more keen to accept it. So it's variable. I think we have influenced some things. There's other things we probably haven't. That's unlikely to change. There's talk at one level of giving more power to community councils, and that comes from sort of higher-up level, the Scottish Government level. I would imagine the council's nervous about that, but at the same time, if community councils generally step up to the plight and do their basic role, which is consulting the community and reflecting the community, I think that's quite a strong position to argue from, especially when you have things like the Community Empowerment Act and you can actually put in a participation request. The council might refuse the participation request, but they're going to have to justify it. If at the end of the year they report back to the Scottish Government that we've had these many requests and we've refused them all, that gets difficult. So there's scope for increasing the influence of community councils and possibly giving them powers. Because at the moment, community councils have no powers. You seek to influence, you seek to reflect, but you can't actually do anything. That might change, but then that's all tied up with bigger policy. So we'll wait and see. So if people want to get involved or be able to see what you're doing, it's a question of looking at your own website, looking at Facebook, other social media... Is that the most effective way? It's the quickest, most effective way. At the same time, community councils are all volunteers. So for us trying to consult, we get things in all the time. The idea of going out and chapping on doors. We have done stalls in the past. We've done it at Scotland. We sometimes do things like that. We had an engagement event in the library for the Baileyfield Standard Life site. That's useful. But day in, day out, week in, week out, it's going to be through uh, digital means. And the other thing I would say is that talking about people responding in biases, people who object to things tend to be motivated to respond. People who support things can be motivated to respond. People who are in the middle, who maybe easy-osy, don't care too much either way, they tend not to respond. But actually being in the middle is a perfectly legitimate point of view. So from the community council's point of view, it's actually useful. If you look at a consultation or a survey and you don't have strong feelings, then respond and say you don't have strong feelings. Because that's a segment of the community that are routinely missed in consultations, is who's in the middle. You tend to get the strongest feelings and the people with the strongest voices are the ones who respond and get heard. And that's not necessarily a fair reflection of what the community thinks. Sean Waters, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you.